Hey guys, thank you for tuning in and listening to another episode of Beauty Expanded. In today's episode, I found randomly, I was on TikTok scrolling and came across this social media manager named Candace Huff, who just really caught my attention more so because of her bio, which I'll get into in the interview. But there was something about her that just seemed so authentic. I loved all the tips and tricks that she would share online. But more so importantly, you can really see and feel her authenticity. She just exudes sincerity and her own charisma. And that's what first drew me to follow her. And then once I started following her, she would just pop up on my newsfeed every once in a while. And every time I would watch a reel, I'd gain so much value in such a short amount of time. And so I thought, you know what? Let me just reach out to her and see if she would be open to doing an interview with me, not only to share some social media tips, which she does a fabulous job of, but then also get a bit more vulnerable and talk about how she helps her clients, including herself, manage the social media world with mental health. And I think that's such a challenging and hard thing to do because a lot of times social media can be a mind game. And I wanted to sit down with her and really get to know her viewpoint, have her share her story, and then, of course, leave you guys with some really cool things that you can do and implement into your own social media. Candace will also begin to explain some of the products and offerings that she has, which I love because it ranges anywhere between $20 all the way upwards to $300. The first half of the show, we really get to know her a bit more and her story. And then towards the end of the show, we start diving into some tactics, tips, and strategies when it comes to social media. I hope you guys enjoy her as much as I did talking with her. And as always, to show our appreciation for our guests, I would strongly encourage you to follow her, send her a DM, let her know what you loved about the show, what insight you gained. I'm sure she'd be happy to hear what you thought of her first podcast interview here with Beauty Expanded. Stay tuned. Hi, I'm Jade Hernandez, a camouflage tattoo artist and educator. I help beauty bosses effectively market their business and become the authority in their field, close more leads and make more money. In the past six years, I've launched two successful beauty businesses to multiple six figures with over a hundred five-star raving reviews and several media press spotlights. While most marketers will tell you to hustle and work harder for success, I'll show you how to create more value from the inside out so that you work less, make more, and truly expand and transform your business and life. This is the Beauty Expanded Podcast. What really drew me to you was your bio, which you said habits that will grow your business without hurting your mental health. I thought that was such a powerful bio because... How do you do that? I think a lot of people can relate to that, struggle with that. Mental health has become so much more prominent, like that word and people sharing that that is a very real thing that they struggle with. And even though that's great that more people are becoming aware of it, how do you begin to integrate that with social media? Yeah. So, oh my gosh, social media, I think can be amazing or it can be terrible. I think it really is what we make of it. and. It was last year when I went full time in my business and I learned a lot from my mistakes. Honestly, I took away too many clients, did too much, didn't have boundaries and really just 
became burnt out. I knew that if I was going to continue this journey of really scaling my business, I needed healthier boundaries within social media and what I was doing for work. And there were so many different things that I would do. Like for instance, time blocking. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that. I actually just recently learned about time blocking and that has made a difference for me. For example, when you time block, you just can kind of like write down everything you have to do for the day. And so for me, it's all on social media, right? So it's easy to kind of get lost and just scrolling and comparing myself to other people on social media. And I'm like, no, I have to be you know, productive. I can't compare myself to other people. And so with time blocking, I'd be like, okay, I have to answer these emails. I have to respond to these messages. I have to film this. I have to do that. And with time blocking, I would just say, okay, for 15 minutes, I am going to respond to emails and then giving myself grace to say, I don't have to answer every email right now. I can answer the ones that take priority and then schedule time later on in the day and answer more emails and then move on. And so that helps me for the 15 minutes or the 30 minutes to just really focus on that one task. I'm working from home, waking up. It's easy for me to sit in bed, work from my bed, do stuff on the back end of my business, like send invoices, email. I also do like social media management for clients. And so it's easy to hop from different client to different client. And I'm noticing when I do that, I'm not giving them my best because I'm focused on this client while working on this client. And with time blocking, it forces me to zone in on whatever it is I'm doing. And something that I do is literally schedule breaks. Schedule like when I'm going to go on my hot girl walk. Schedule when I'm going to eat lunch because I'm like was so bad about that. I start working and I zone out. And it's great to have that work ethic and that hustle. But I think allowing yourself grace, not everything needs to be finished right when you start it. Not everything needs to be done in an hour, you know, and to just forcing myself with time blocking to take care of myself. Yeah. Sometimes that's taking breaks from social media. Sometimes be like, wow, I really love Jade's account and she encourages me. So I'm going to spend five minutes looking at some of her content because I know I'm going to feel better and feel encouraged and feel inspired looking at her page versus when I'm reading about this drama on social media. Yeah, that makes sense. So quick question with the time blocking. Have you noticed, is that a special number, 15, 20-minute increments? Is that something that someone told you about? When you first said time blocking, I'm thinking an hour or four hours. So is there a strategy behind that? Yeah, and it, it can be 30 minutes. It can be an hour. I try to keep it shorter, and I'm very pro. If you find something else that works better for you, do what works best for you. A lot of these things are not one-size-fit-all. But I learned a lot about it on TikTok and I saw some people be like, oh, yeah, I just schedule shorter times because they're like, I have ADHD and I can't focus on one task all at once. I'm like, oh, I don't have ADHD, just to clarify. But I just find that if I have a big project to work on and I'm, realistically, it is going to take me four hours to do this project, I find if I sit down and work on it all four hours or two hours or however long, I learned that I started losing my creativity juice. And so I find like just working on it a little bit at a time has helped me get more creative in it and it just be truly 100% of all that I have to give. 
Yeah. So I love the shorter time periods and then take a break, move on to something else. And then it just like refreshes my brain a little bit to just unplug. I get that. And I think at least for me, I've realized that we're not as good at multitasking as we think we are. And I think that is especially true in just today's world, the world that we live in. I'm not very good at multitasking. And the fact that I'm not good at this, so I got to be 100% focused on one thing at a time. And even at the studio when we're working, you know, my assistant might ask me a question and I'll be like, I'm so sorry, I cannot answer that right now until I finish up this email. And then you'll have my 100% focus and attention to whatever the question is. Going back to your bio, Candice, how did you come up with that bio? I just really love the way that you worded that in regards to growing your business on social media without hurting your mental health. So is mental health something that you personally have struggled with? What compelled you to write that bio? Yeah, so I definitely struggle with a little bit of depression and anxiety. I actually live in California now, but I moved from Tennessee. So moving here was just so hard for me. Just starting my life over, I absolutely believe it was the right decision, but it was hard. Finding a community, making new friends, leaving my old friends behind, getting plugged in. I honestly just really struggled with that. And then I've been trying to find my footing. I guess you can say when I moved to California, I took a couple years off of college and I was working three jobs and I went back to school. And when I went back to school, I was still working three jobs. And then I graduated in 2020. A week later, the lockdown happened. And so I could not get a job. And then I felt very judged because I couldn't find a job, right? Um, Even though I'm like, well, COVID, like nobody can do anything right now, but it was a struggle. And then I moved to a new town here in California and it was like an hour and a half away from where I initially moved to. I didn't have a choice in the move. And so I finally felt like I made friends and I finally had a community and I was finally graduating college and it felt like everything was working out for me. And it was, but it wasn't like I was just not there yet. And so for a little while before I went full time in my business, I had to commute an hour and a half to my job. So I would leave my city 5 a.m., have to be where I was working at like 7.30 a.m. I was a nanny full time at the time and then doing social media as a side hustle. And I also worked at my gym, which I loved. And it was just like a lot. And then I would work all day, go to the gym, work out, maybe work, do the drive, wouldn't get home to like 9.30 at night, go to bed, do it all again. And I didn't realize how burnt out I got. And then actually lost two of my jobs, which was absolutely heartbreaking to me because I honestly found my identity. And so I was like, okay, I don't have a job other than my social media, which was just my side hustle. I'm living in a new city. I don't know anyone. I'm having health issues. And to be transparent, I was at my lowest. And then I'm pouring out everything now into my business. I'm taking it full time, trying to make it a successful side hustle from side hustle to full time business. And my mental health was just crap. It was just awful. And I got to a point where I have to take better care of myself. I can make all the money in the world, but that does not matter if I'm depressed in my room and I'm not living life. It doesn't matter if I'm hustling and on the go and not spending time 
with my family and enjoying the moments and celebrating my wins. So I shifted my social media because I do share a lot of tips and tricks on Instagram and TikTok, but I especially shifted my Instagram. I was like, look, like this is important to me. I struggle with mental health issues. It's not talked about a lot, but I know other people struggle with it as well. Sharing all the tips and tricks in the world is amazing. Growing your business is amazing. I grew up, my mom was a single mom. We struggled financially. I've been homeless. So I'm really trying to like build my business and just find freedom. Forget buying a second home or living on a yacht. I just want to go to the grocery store and not have to check my bank account to pay for groceries. I just want security. But none of that matters, again, if I'm just depressed, if I'm just in my room, if I'm just in a funk if that makes sense. Yeah. And how did you get out of that? You were obviously at your lowest point. Did you seek out therapy? What helped you get out of that? And then it sounds like from that experience, you've learned how to have better boundaries for yourself that also carves out time for your own well-being, plus your business, et cetera. So what helped you transition out of that low point? Therapy is amazing. I'm not currently seeing someone. So if anyone's listening to this and taking on Therapy clients, let me know. I am trying to find someone I'm a good fit with. I love the idea of going to therapy in person if possible. So just moving to a new city has been a little tricky on that. But even just following, there's so many social media accounts that they are therapists or they're counselors or they're mental health advocates. And they share the greatest advice and from them as well. And sitting down and having honest conversations with myself being like, hey, like I was doing this and this was not working. So I can either keep doing that or I can learn from my mistakes and do something else. So on top of getting into therapy and trying to find a therapist, following people that were healthy for me, but just making it a point to take care of myself. So I'm cautious about what I eat. And I'm very big, like a big advocate on balance and, you know, life is short, eat the donut. But you feel better as well. I feel better mentally. I feel strong when I am eating my protein, eating my veggies. And then when I eat a donut or I have a glass of wine, I'm not feeling so bad about it because I have this whole health balance going on and and I feel better mentally taking care of myself and maybe going for a walk, working out, scheduling dates with myself to go get a facial or go see a movie by myself and just taking the time to put me first has really been a game changer for me. And I find when I put myself first, I take better care of the people I am coaching, the people I'm helping on social media as well. I love that. Some of the other things that I wanted to ask you was, how are people hurting their social media presence? Because you are the social media maven, 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 maven. I don't know how you say it. (laughs) But how are people hurting their social media presence without them knowing so. So for example, one of the things I noticed is when other artists in my industry post something and then people are like replying, oh my gosh, amazing, da, 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 da. I'll notice that some of the people that I follow never reply back to any of the comments that they get. And so I would say that's one way they're probably hurting their social media presence in a way that maybe they're not thinking about. But what are some other key things that you've noticed that maybe other people don't realize is actually hurting them? I love that. And you're absolutely right. At the end of the day, when it comes to sales, people buy from emotion. So if you can build your community, and one of the easiest ways to do that 
it's reply to some comments, like build a relationship with the people following you. You don't have to reply to everyone. Sometimes that gets hard. If there's a lot, I get that. But be intentional. Also, another thing to answer your question is be yourself. I have been saying this saying lately, and I just, I absolutely love it because on my TikTok, I share a lot of trends. I share a lot of tips, right? But I always say, don't forget, make it your own. You're doing this trend, but don't be a copy and paste. Make it your own. Be true to yourself. Apply it to your own niche. And I always say, you know, in a world full of trends, be an original. Add something different to the conversation. Yes, yes, absolutely. And then that also feeds into, so I notice, at least for me, when I post something and people are like, oh, that's great or and that's amazing, then I'm always like, thank you, thank you, thank you so much. And I'm like, oh, Candice, what are some other ways for me to reply that are different than just thank you? Because even though I'm being sincere, I'm like, oh my gosh, I just feel like a broken record when I keep saying thank you, thank you. So do you have other tips that you give your clients in ways in which they can reply to comments? And the reason why I'm asking you this too is because I actually did some digging on your social media and you do a really, really great job in replying to people in different ways other than thank you. I feel the same way sometimes too because I don't want people who follow me to look through my comments and be like, oh, she's just copy and pasting a thank you. Even though sometimes there's no other words. I'm like, I am so thankful for what you're saying. Thank you so much. But sometimes even just mixing it up, like thank you with an exclamation mark or thank you with a heart or thank you so much. Or sometimes I'll just say like, oh, I'm glad you enjoyed that. Or I'll even ask a question back. Oh, thank you for saying that. Was there a part that stuck out to you from my video? Or is there something you're going to work on? Or is there something else I can help you? Just asking questions and responding. And it piggybacks off of community again. So building that community. I have so many amazing people who follow me and I call them my internet friends. But sometimes I forget we're internet friends because I feel like I've known them my whole life. I feel like they're just like my best friends. And so they're people that I've truly have connected with. I'm answering their DMs. I go on live on TikTok all the time. And I see their name pop up. I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, that's a Brittany and she lives in South Carolina and she's a stay-at-home mom and I know her and I love her. And so when they're commenting, I'm like, oh, there's Brittany again. And I can feel like I can respond like I'm commenting to my friend because I focus on community. Yeah. So let's talk about live. How do you surpass the nervousness of going live and having stage fright and public speaking? Oh my gosh, I'm going to be honest. My first time that I went live on TikTok, I was shaking. I'm like my, and I was just holding my phone. You could see me shaking. And in my voice, you could hear the nervousness. And thankfully, everyone was so kind. They were so encouraging. And that did really help. But the best thing was the next day, I got on live and I noticed I was just a little bit more comfortable and then the next day I did it again and it's sometimes you just have to do things uncomfortable and you're just going to get better at it because you're pushing yourself yes I would agree because people always tell me too you seem so confident on camera because I do a ton of video and it's the same thing I'm like it's it's not that I'm not nervous it's just I've been doing it so much that I'm now it's become a thing like where I'm a lot more comfortable with it and the cool thing about it is that I noticed really quickly with video is that it was it was pretty quick. So like by the second time, I would say it was 50% more comfortable. 
So the cool thing about it is it's not like these small incremental steps in which you feel comfortable. It's pretty immediate and you will notice huge jumps in your comfort level the more that you do it. It's not like you're going to have to do 20 videos, you know, or 20 lives in order to feel more comfortable. You'll start noticing right away. Absolutely. I totally agree. Instantly, the next day was like so much better, much more comfortable. Even when I started making Instagram reels, because I started out on Instagram, I went viral on TikTok, but Instagram has always been my OG, like my ride or die. So my first Instagram reel, you could tell, oh my gosh, it was terrible. You could tell on my face that I was literally thinking, what do I do next? And it was just like point here, point here. But I swear you could tell I was thinking and it was so like monotone, I guess you could say, like reading a script almost. But there's a saying that I love, forget practice makes perfect. Practice makes progress. Yeah, I like that. Okay, babe. So you went viral on TikTok, but Instagram is the OG. That was the founding place where it all started. Being a social media manager, have you noticed certain things that really should just stay with Instagram that's more engaging on Instagram versus how you would strategize your content for TikTok? Are there two different ways in which you strategize for your clients on that content? And what are those differences? Yeah, so TikTok and Instagram are very different. Of course, there are similarities. However, I am learning that TikTok is a little less curated. It's a little bit more, you honestly are talking to your best friend or that's the feel that you should be taking. And then Instagram, I feel it's a little bit more like a job interview and you're showing up as the expert and you have authority And I think both should kind of be that way in my business. I do want to show people I have a degree in this. I've been doing this for seven years and I am still taking TikTok trainings and Instagram trainings. I listened to one of your podcasts the other day. I think it was your second to last podcast. And you had said something that really stuck out to me. And you were talking about how you should still always be learning, always be growing. And that just stuck to me because I agree. I live my life that way. And Being willing to do that on TikTok and Instagram is important because a lot of people get stuck with the, oh, well, this works for me on TikTok. Why is it not working with me on Instagram? Because it's different. Or, you know, in 2020 on TikTok, I did this, but now it's not working. I'm like, no, with marketing, especially social media marketing, things are always changing. You have to be willing to learn and grow and kind of adapt with the changes. Still be true to yourself when doing that. And it's the people who don't do that who kind of get stuck. Yeah, totally. Just to piggyback on that, I always tell our students too, if you don't want to keep track of social media and that's not something that you want to become an expert on because you have a million other things that you're doing to grow your business, then you got to outsource it and you got to hire someone who is doing that. Obviously, hiring someone like you, that is part of your job. You're going to be growing and evolving and continuing learning your field of scope and then a student would maybe continue their education on like actually tattooing and that service. The other thing I wanted to mention too is that I agree with you on the differences between Instagram and TikTok. But what I find interesting is that I also feel TikTok is a lot more body positive. So when I post my stretch marks before and after, TikTok kind of doesn't like it because they're like, you know, stretch marks are natural and you should just embrace them and love them. And why I totally agree with that. It's really interesting because I noticed that when I post my areola tattooing, TikTok is very much more receptive to that. 
versus stretch marks. And then Instagram is like, they'll accept all of it. But I found that really interesting because I just think, again, a younger audience, a lot more authentic. And it's kind of like, why would you do that? You know, you should just embrace and love your body. Whereas with the areola, that's a little bit different because these are cancer survivors and they've lost something because of cancer. Yes. And I think that's the area where it gets really hard because you'll post something before and after or someone would post something just being confidently themselves. And then you have the internet being like, why are you promoting obesity or something like that? And I'm like, you can take care of yourself and still be curvier, be bigger, whatever. And like, that is okay. You do not need to lose weight to be worthy. You do not have to get rid of your stretch marks to be worthy. But if doing these things is going to help boost your confidence, help love yourself a little bit more, then do it. You know, do what makes you happy as long as it's not hurting yourself or anyone else. I do not see the issue. I do not have perfect teeth and I'm very pro. I am loved and I am worthy with my teeth how they are. But the second I can afford to get some vineyards or Invisalign or something, I am going to be so excited to fix these teeth. And I don't see anything wrong with it because it's going to make me just feel more confident. I love myself now as is, but like, why not? It's not hurting anything. Yes. I actually love your teeth, by the way. But I agree. You can still love yourself and yet want to find things that you want to fix and improve upon. And it doesn't mean that you love yourself any less because you want to improve it. Other thing I wanted to ask you is what are one or two simple, easy hacks someone can do right now to monetize their social media, even if they don't have a million followers? I love that because you do not need a million followers. I'm telling you, when I started on Instagram, I was not valuable on TikTok yet. Maybe had like a thousand Instagram followers, maybe even less, and was making money through my business. And I think there's so many great things you can do. I'm very pro have a niche, at least starting out. If you're not growing and making money, start with something that you can really talk about. Be consistent. That does not mean constantly post. You don't have to constantly post to be consistent, but maybe pick a schedule, whether it is one day every day, one day, one time, Monday through Friday, three times a week. Her works best for you, right? Because we don't want to burn out, but be consistent. Show up as yourself. Build that community because, again, it's going to be your community. That's going to be your supporters, your ride or dies. I always like to think use this analogy. Let's say you had a storefront. Let's say you were a bakery and you just had five people come in your bakery to order a pastry. You would be so excited. You're like, heck yeah, five people came in the store today, right? However, with social media, we're like, oh my gosh, only five people liked that post. Only five people saw it or whatever. But if it was a storefront, it would be so different. But if Those five people are the people that you're building relationships with. You have that community. Those five people can easily turn into cells. And so I would not stress out about the numbers, but just showing up, being consistent, building that community and talk about your offers. Talk about what you're doing. You don't always have to be so salesy. You can be real and authentic about it and just casually talk about it, bring it up every now and then, but you have to talk about your business to have a business. Yeah. 
I love that analogy of the baker shop because that's so true. And you want to be grateful for the ones that do interact with you because it just builds up from there. But if you're ungrateful, then I feel like you're just basically telling the universe that you don't want any more business. The other thing I wanted to ask you is being a social media manager, I'm sure a ton of times when you're coaching your clients, you're hearing them complain about getting stuck in the comparison trap or that they feel like an imposter or that they have FOMO, right? This person's doing that, or they have a fear of failure or putting themselves out there, or even a love and hate relationship with social media, knowing that you do need it to grow your business, but hating it at the same time. What advice do you give your clients when they're faced with that? And I was also just personally curious, have you noticed a difference between your micro clients, the ones that have a smaller following versus your macro clients, the ones that have a really, really large following? Or is everyone still challenged and struggle with the same thing? Honestly, I think a lot of people still struggle with the same things. And I wish more people knew that. I wish my bigger clients showed up and admitted that more and shared their struggles. Because, you know, once you quote unquote, make it, things don't automatically get better. You don't go viral and things are fixed overnight. You still have these insecurities. You still have imposter syndrome. And you just have to really work through that at the core. And I think at the end of the day, our blood is the same color. We all wake up and we put our pants on. We are the same. Someone is not better than me. I am not better than anyone else. The only difference is probably they didn't quit. They kept showing up. And that's why they look like they're further along than other people. And I think that's the best thing to ever do is do not quit. Because if you quit, you're never going to know what could have been. I like that. Also, to piggyback on what you said earlier about outsourcing, I agree 100%. I actually had a client one time. And luckily, most of my clients have been amazing to work with. A couple have not been. And honestly, like that was a couple of things that really affected my mental health and why I was like, okay, I need to learn healthier boundaries. But I had one client and she was for some reason embarrassed to admit that I was a social media manager, that I was doing everything for her because she thought people and it's society that puts these things in our heads that makes us think that we have to do it all. And that's asking for help is bad and it's not bad. And I try to explain that to her. I was like, no, when you tell people you hired help. They're like, oh, wow, your business is successful. You can't do it all your own. Outsourcing is such a good thing. And also, even if you don't have the funds to outsource and hire help right away, something that I did was Instacart my groceries. And that just saved me time. That's a form of outsourcing. So I could work on my business or I could do something for my mental health. Just taking the time to not have to go grocery shopping is a great form of outsourcing. And if social media is hard on your mental health, but you do want to do it for your business, that is when it's a great time to outsource as well. I agree. And one thing I struggle with, because I've thought about outsourcing my own social media as well. But one of the things that I struggle with is, can I hire someone and have them be able to match my tone, my personality, my essence at least for me my social media feels so personal to me that I struggle with the idea of letting that go in someone else's hands how do you approach your clients that have those same reservations yeah it's definitely hard you're your brand right and you need help but you still want to show up as you and you want it 
to be authentic. And that honestly is hard, but there's different areas you can outsource. You can still show up on your Instagram stories. Maybe they're just helping you create ideas or something like that. I'm not for everyone. We could work together and we just might not mesh well, and that's okay. There is someone out there who is going to be able to take you and your brand, help outsource whatever it is you're needing, and still stay true to your brand where it looks like you just did everything. At least in my industry, a lot of permanent makeup artists, cosmetic tattooists, we are our own personal brands. We are the face of the company, the voice of the company. We are the technician, the person that does the consults, the sales. And so, yes, I think it it could be a little daunting to think about having someone else take that over for you. But they think you're also absolutely right. Like you said earlier about that one client that kind of felt ashamed that she wasn't the person behind her social media. I think that's a great sign because it's like, oh my gosh, if people literally think you're doing all of that, that to me means that you've aligned yourself with the right social media manager. Well, I want to respect your time, Candice, and we're almost at that hour mark. And I want to be sure that we share with the listeners all the things that you offer and how they can engage with you. I know personally, one of the things that I just signed up for is your weekly trending report. You get an email once a week and she does the research for you. So she'll literally send you trending audios that are working on Instagram and TikTok. Can you explain a little bit more about why it would be to our benefit to use a trending audio? Does it really work? And other ways that people can engage with you and work with you? Yeah, I'm so glad you subscribed. Thank you. Yeah, so I just started my email list this year. If you do not have an email list, I highly recommend an email list, by the way. Social media is great, but you never know. You can lose your account. Things happen. But a few years, there's going to be another great social media site. Having that email list is a great way to connect with your audience, your clients, your followers, if something like that happens. So for my weekly trend report, so every Sunday, fun thing, I actually outsource a little bit of this. So I do find the trends, but I just have someone help send my emails out, set up the template and things like that. So it's still me. Everything I'm saying in the email is me but they are just helping on the back end, the things that I'm just absolutely terrible about. But so every Sunday, I send a mixture of trending audio from Instagram and TikTok. Trending audio is amazing. These are things you can apply no matter what your niche is. However, I always say, you know, again, make sure you're adding value. That can be posting something educational. It can be entertaining. It can be inspirational, encouraging, like anything is considered value almost. But make sure you're posting within that niche, providing value and being consistent in it. And the trending audios can really help. Same thing with like, you know, you want good lighting, you want good audio, right? Sometimes if like the lighting's off, people are going to keep scrolling. Sometimes we might use a trending audio and it doesn't necessarily work. There's also other factors other pieces of the puzzle to remember. So I do that every week. That's a great way for people who's like, man, I need help with trending audios. I share trending audios on my TikTok and Instagram occasionally as well. However, these are usually sounds I don't share on those. You're only getting these if you're subscribed to my emails. Another thing I do- By the way, everyone is completely free. She doesn't charge for that. Yes, yes, free. And so I do try to have different services for no matter where you are in your business. So if you're just starting out, I can't afford anything. That's a great place to start. I share a 
ton of tips and tricks on my Instagram, on my TikTok that are also free. But if you're getting to the point where, okay, I think I can outsource a little bit or I think I need a little bit of help. I have services for that. So one thing I do is a marketing audit. I look over your Instagram and your TikTok and I create a customized marketing strategy for you. Love it. And so that's perfect for like someone who's like, okay, well, I'm not ready to hire someone to do it, but I need direction. Yeah. And then another thing I do is... Okay, Candace, how much is that? How much is the audit? So that's $300 and that includes the whole audit. So it's Instagram and TikTok. And then we actually do schedule a call to kind of over everything, making sure like if there's any questions, I can answer those. Because a lot of these things are very marketing terms and I don't expect the average person to understand what their content fillers are or why they need it. The same way, like when I go to the mechanic, I have no clue what they're doing and that's okay. That doesn't mean I'm stupid or anything. Mm -hmm. Like I always feel so bad when people are like, I don't know what that means. But having that call just helps us have understanding in how to proceed forward. Yeah, I love that. The other thing I wanted to jump on, because I know you're not done yet, but real quick before I lose my train of thought is the email list is you guys, you guys got to build your email list because that is what you own that. If Facebook decides to delete your account tomorrow, anything that you post on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, they own. And so your email list is you own that 100%. So that's why it's really important to build that community and build an email list. Okay, Candace, back to you. Yes, there is power in an email list. I forget what it was, but like sales go up 4,000% or something if you just have an email list and you utilize it. It's amazing. And yeah, so then there's social media management. So if you're like, I just don't have the time to post updates on my social media. I'm the person to create posts, post them, help answer the DMs, reply to comments. That's also another thing. So we were talking about, you know, how do you stay true to yourself? I just have my clients. I'm like, okay, if there's ever a message you don't want me to open or whatever, you're like, that's my friend. You know, you just flag it or put it in your primary folder and I answer all the general messages. A lot of times it might be they're asking a question about something you posted probably. Mm -hmm. So I would be like, okay, you're probably going to get questions about this. How would you answer it? And then you could write me a response and I could copy and paste it. So it's still your words. It's still what you would say, but I'm just helping you answer 300 messages. Yeah. Well, I wish I had 300 messages. Are you also doing a course curriculum? Because I think I saw on your site that you have an online course or something, or is that not something? Yeah, I have a couple. One is the niche mini course. So it's all about why you need a niche. What exactly is a niche? I'm finding a lot of people confused. Marketing is not a niche, it's an industry. But helping people grow organically on social media is more of a niche. That's only $20, but I swear I grew my TikTok from 200 followers to 50,000 in like a week. I would not have been able to do that without a niche. So I think it's going to be the best $20 you spend. And then I also have one for UGC, which is basically UGC stands for user generated content. That's basically when brands pay you to create content for them, but you're not posting it on your social media. They post it on their social media. It's supposed to look a little bit more authentic, kind of like you're the customer, like loving the product. That's great because it gets you into content creation, like influencing and stuff. You do kind of have to have a bigger following. But with UGC, you don't even have to have social media to get into. So I do a course on that. That is $200. That actually includes 
the exact email template that I email brands for myself, for my clients. I've had a ton of UGC clients who are making $10,000 a month just doing UGC. It's really cool. I actually did UGC when I went full-time in my business. And that's how I learned so much about it because I was like, crap, I just got fired from my jobs. I'm trying to build my business. I need some kind of income. And I just started UGC. Awesome. And then for your coaching clients that you take on personally, do they have to have a minimum following or can you take someone that's kind of starting out? Yeah, I will literally take anyone no matter your following sites. Right now it's a six-week coaching program. And so it's geared toward how to grow and make money on social media, no matter your following size. Because you'll be shocked that there's people with millions of followers and they're not making any money on social media. I think a lot of people are shocked about that one. And you can totally have 500 followers or just start out and have a six-figure business. And so I do have a framework that I follow in the six weeks. It's six calls for about an hour and then daily check-ins. There is a framework that I followed on how basically I did it, but it's also room to customize a little bit for questions and geared toward like your business and your goals. So even though it's a lot about TikTok and Instagram, I can share a little inside of how I made a course. If you're wanting to do a course or your email list is like a great thing that is not really covered in my six week coaching program, but there's time if that's what you need help with, like I will help you with it. Love it. And then last question for you. What is your personal take on automatic replies? I notice that sometimes when I message someone on Instagram, I'll get this long automatic reply. And I'm, I don't know, I kind of go back and forth where I like it because you're getting a ton of information right then and there and you're getting an immediate response. But then there's another part of me that just feels like so impersonal, you know? What are your thoughts? So my opinion, okay, again, I'm very pro do what's best for you and your business. I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with it, especially if you are having all the messages come in. However, I kind of agree with you. It's just impersonal. Someone will message me and then I'll message them back and then I'll get an automated reply from like, oh, thanks for reaching out. I just I love messaging people back and replying. It might be handy if you did it occasionally. And if you're launching a new course, message me course to have the details and then they message you course and then it just sends out automatically the details like that would be a smarter way to do it if you're anticipating a ton of replies but even then it's just not my thing but no hate to anyone who uses it I agree I think for me I've just been really good at sending people voice memos Because then they can listen to your voice. It just feels so much more personal. And I'm saving time because I'm not typing it all out, you know, and texting them. But if I can just send them a quick little voice note, I feel like they are really receptive. They feel connected to me. And a lot of times people are like, oh, my God, like you responded so quickly. And, you know, it's been I do the same thing. I do. I absolutely love a voice memo. Like ask anyone. And I love it because then it's like, yeah, they hear my voice. They get to know me. They do have to think about it this way. Technically speaking, I am a stranger on the internet, right? So like, why should you trust me? And so that's why I believe showing up on your stories, talking to your followers is so important. It establishes trust. It builds relationship. And again, that's what ultimately is driving sales. That's what's driving followers. It's not about how many followers you have. I would rather make $10,000 in a month than have 10,000 followers personally. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I send the voice memos personally. Love it. Love it. And it's just 
I feel like we bond. It's so much easier to sit there and explaining it. The services I offer, you might not know why you need it. And if they don't know why they need it, they're not going to buy it or they're not going to use it. And then they're just going to be stay stuck. Like the niche thing. A lot of people are like, oh, but it puts me in a box, but it actually doesn't. And so being able to talk and answer questions and explain things a little bit better through a voice memo is so much easier. I just absolutely love it. Okay, babe. I know I already said one last question, but okay, I'm serious. One last, last question. (laughs) When you talk about boundaries, let's say, for example, someone's texting you outside of business hours. What do you do or say to really uphold your boundaries? Or do you not say anything and then just respond to them the next day? Something I'm working on, actually, because I have had clients just text me at 3 a.m. And honestly, I'm a recovering people pleaser. So if they were texting me at 3 a.m., I was doing whatever they needed me to do. And I think sometimes it's important to remember this is social media. This is marketing. We are not saving lives. A little typo can be fixed tomorrow. It's okay, I promise. I never say that to them because I do care about my clients. But something I'm working on doing now is when I onboard clients, I'm going over like, hey, I know that I work from home, but I still like to set office hours. And I always say, if you truly feel like it's an emergency, I am here for you. I'm going to be your biggest cheerleader. Reach out to me. And a lot of times it's never that serious. So having those office hours has started to help. Or sometimes for my coaching clients, you can use something called Voxer or the WhatsApp. They don't have your phone number, but they can still message you and You can respond whenever you can. A lot of times I will say, hey, I just want you to know I saw your message. I don't want you to think I'm ignoring you. I'm not, but I am just helping another client right now. Or I'm picking my nephew up from school, you know, and I'm more than happy to get back to you when I am done. They're usually understanding. That's another reason why the voice memos are great. Because I could be driving down the road and I could be like, hey, so sorry, I'm driving, but I'm happy. I can either answer in the voice memo or I could be like, hey, can we, you know, circle back to this? Yeah. Okay, perfect. All right, dear. Well, thank you so much. I really love this episode. You shared so much wisdom. Where can people find you? Okay, so you can follow me on Instagram. It's at the Candace Huff, H-E-C-A-N-D-I-C-E, Huff, H-U-F-F, as in Frank. And then this is same on TikTok. I started a YouTube channel as well. Same as YouTube. So it's all the same. Super easy. You can email me. My email is thecandacehuff at gmail.com. Um, trying to make it like super easy. I actually do have a website. All of my services are not listed on my website. The reason being some things like social media management, I really prefer to do a consultation or talk to you about it. Because I want people to fully understand before they add to cart and buy. But there's a ton of things for coaching and courses on my website as well. And a really great starting point. And it's thecandaceup.com. Love it. And we'll also put down the show notes, all your information and where they can find them. So if you found this episode useful, valuable, be sure to give her a follow, send her a message. I'm sure she would love to hear it. And thank you so much. Of course, yes, send me a message because I am the one answering those messages and I love it. And people really do say like, oh, wow, like you actually answer these? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun. It was such an honor to be here. Oh, you're welcome. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in. 
I'd love to connect and help you more. If you have a question you'd like for me to answer, please send it to jade at studioconceal.com. That's J-A-Y-D at studioconceal.com. And I might highlight it on my podcast. I find what's often personal is most general. So if this episode helped you, please share it with a friend who may need the encouragement and inspiration. I'll catch you on the next one.